Good evening and you are very welcome to episode 8 of season 2 of the Rugby Show here on FinalWhistle.ie. Once again, it's myself, Brett Early, joined by Kieran Noble to dissect everything AIL related over the last seven days and into what will be the last weekend of action prior to Christmas. Kieran, it's been a busy week, uh, semi-finals in the ladies' competitions, round 8 in the men's. What were you up to over the weekend? How'd you get on? Uh, I was in Old Belvedere at the weekend, Breffney, so I was doing the commentary for the Old Belvedere Malone game. But yeah, it's mad to think that we're kind of the last weekend of the first half of the season. It's it's went really quick, you know. It it does go by quite fast. And then we have a five-week break, of course, uh, for Christmas. And then we get back into it in January. But it's been a really good season for both the men and the women so far. Uh, some really interesting games happening this weekend and last weekend. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting into it. How was the game at the weekend? It was, it was grand. It probably wasn't the best game of rugby that I've that I've ever watched. The first half was um, the first half was probably better from Old Belvedere's point of view. The second half was kind of scrappy. Old Belvedere scored two tries earlier on in the second half, but then kind of the game kind of dwindled out after that. But yeah, Old Belvedere were the better team on the day. They won twenty nine thirteen. That was kind of a win they needed as well because. They had only won three games previously in the league and all their wins actually have all came from home. So, Oli Campbell Park is a bit of a fortress for them. Is it enough though? We talk about maybe a bit later we get down to Division 1B, but um, four wins at this stage of the season, okay, it's a 50% record, but they've put themselves back into the mid-table mix, only one point off fourth place. Uh, can you see them having a charge over the next 10 games to get into that playoffs position? Uh, in my previews every week, I say... They have a really good team, but until they sort out whatever their problem is outside Ollie Campbell Park, like when they leave the place, they just they just can't produce a result. And I think that's been the case not just this season, but in seasons gone by as well. So until they can I don't know if there's some sort of magic or they kinda, you know, just can't perform away from home, but until they sort that out, they can't really they can't really, you know, be any real in any real contention for a top four spot. They definitely have the players to do it. They definitely have the squad to do it and the coach. But 1B is so competitive that if you are winning one and losing one, you're actually not going to be doing too bad because, you know, it kind of it's a seesaw in that division. You've got two teams kind of leading from the front in Buccaneers and City of Armagh at the moment. But in just in general, yeah, Old Belvedere need to sort out their away, their away form. You better put Mary's College in there as well. They're only two points behind Armagh. They might get upset with you. Um, we're going to talk about women's rugby for the first couple of minutes in the show because, of course, this weekend, this Friday night, just two nights' time, two sleeps, uh, is Energy of Park final of the AIL women's division. And it's a fairly impressive lineup. The two teams that we kind of probably would have put uh, odds on getting there at the start of the season. It's Railway Union. Uh, they face Black Rock. Um, we're going to hear from Amy in just a few moments, but before we do, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I suppose it's a re repeat of the final last February, pretty much, uh, at the end of last February. Uh, the only difference really is maybe Blackrock College are the slight favourites heading into this one because they beat them uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know, though, even at that, you know, Railway have kind of been the standout team in Irish women's rugby for, I don't know, maybe two or three seasons now, so... They maybe still are favourites, you know. It makes for a really, really interesting game. It would be massive for BlackRock if they could pull it off, but Railway won't want to lose their title. So, you know, it should be it should be a great game. And the fact that it's on television is brilliant, I think, to be honest. The fact that people can tune in on Friday night and put it on TG Carr and, you know, watch a bit of women's rugby, I think it, it is really, it's really good. And it is going back to that kind of 2020 movement if you can't see it, you can't be it. And just for the fact that it's on TV and people can watch it, young girls, even lads or even older generations, to be able to watch women's rugby, I think it is really, really good. Yeah, looking back to the semi-finals last weekend, of course, uh, Railway Union pretty much had it all their own way against Old Belvedere in the end. And uh, they did fall two tries behind twice in that first half, came back to win 34-19. Uh, Blackrock College, a bit of a different uh, kettle of fish day kind of struggled scoreless through the first half eventually won 13-8 against a, a fairly solid UL Bowes team probably never really in danger of losing it but a better performance than maybe expected from UL Bowes yeah definitely but I think last week when we were talking 
to Mairead, she was kind of saying, you know, that there was the possibility that they were kind of expecting UL to be to be that little bit better. And in fact, they were a whole lot better considering the result earlier on in the season where I think, I don't know the exact result, but I'm pretty sure BlackRock hammered them and there was no question. So the fact that they kind of, they kind of made it a lot closer this time around and actually made a contest of it says a lot about them as a team. And they obviously were very much up for it going into the game. Uh, it's also a great test for BlackRock. They could have got caught in the hop maybe, but they still got over the hurdle. They're still in the final. And, you know, that's a good test for them, I think, because, you know, if they had have hammered UL again, maybe they wouldn't be, maybe they'd be going into this final a little bit, you know, super confident. Whereas now they know that mistakes can still happen and they have to be on their best all the time. Yeah, just check that score. And the 15th of October down in UL uh, was actually 63-7, which is a yeah. hammering by anyone's measure. Um, does the fact that they kind of have struggled to get through that semi-final a little bit make it a much more even game than maybe you, you kind of even initiated the, the conversation with saying that BlackRock win his favourites? Is it fair to call either of them favourites going into this? It's, it's about as level as you can get, really. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, uh when I said Black Rock are favourites, I almost kind of, when I said it, I almost kind of thought to myself, well, I don't know about that, Kieran. I was kind of, you know, doubting myself a little bit. And you're probably right. It's probably it's probably the most even final you can get in terms of who do you think is going to win it. Um, I'm sure if you ask a railway player, they're going to say railway. And I'm sure if you ask a Black Rock player, they're going to say Black Rock. But I think it is very hard to call, but that's what you want. You don't want uh, finals where you kind of, know who's going to win it before you go into it uh, i think that it is really good that you know you've got two teams going into the game on friday either of them can win it and whoever wins it will deserve it on the night and from the season that they both had so far so and i think it makes it better for the spectator as well you know to be able to watch a game where you're like oh these are two very good teams who can win here because you know that's what you want you want competitive games and you want to see competitive games on the TV. I That's my main problem with the URC sometimes. I feel like with a lot of those games, you kind of, a lot of the time, you know the results before the game. And in this kind of game, it's going to be really competitive. I think they're two very good teams, two teams that definitely deserve to be in the final as well. It wasn't a case of one of them, you know, got a lucky semi-final win and somehow ended up in the final. Like on merit, both of these teams really do deserve to be here. So I think it, it makes for a cracking game, to be honest. How excited are you to be kind of keeping an eye on it on, on Friday night? No, it's great, you know, because I think the fact that it's on Friday as well is actually quite smart because just in, on my, in my point of view or on my point of view, I would have probably been at a game, I'll be at a game on Saturday and if the game was at a time that I couldn't have watched it or even for the main side, like I know BlackRock have a senior men's team in 2A, and they'll obviously want to be watching it and supporting the girls, but they probably couldn't have watched it. Maybe if it was at a different time or even at five o'clock on a, on a Saturday, because you never know by the time they come in and get get set and get organised. But yeah, I think it is really good to have it on the Friday and it, it kind of builds into that AIL weekend as well, you know, because you've got all the games on Saturday and then you're like, oh, we watched the game last night. So it is really good that it's on a Friday night. I know sometimes in the men's they do they do do Friday night games at the odd time, but it doesn't happen very often. I think Lansdale might do one a season or two a season, but I think Friday night games are are a good idea. Yeah, we have seen a couple of them uh, this year so far. But first of all, you caught up with Amy Clark of Railway Union, uh, their flying winger over the last uh, hour or so. Uh, let's hear what you had to chat about when you caught up earlier tonight. And I'm delighted to be joined by Railway Union player Amy Clark for the second time this season. Last time it was with Luke and now it's with me. So we're delighted to have you back. I'm very, very glad to be back. Thanks very much for having me, Kira. And I suppose when you were talking to Luke earlier on in the season, it was pretty much the start of the season or a few games in. And now you're yeah. coming towards the end of it. You're in the final again. How are you feeling? Excited, really, 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 really excited. Now, don't get me wrong, there's, there's a couple of nerves coming in, but do you know what? I'd be a bit worried if I didn't have nerves because nerves mean you want it. So, I'm feeling really good. There's a good buzz going around. 
And I suppose you've only lost one game this season and they're against the team that you're playing in the final, Blackrock College. So are you eager to get one back up on them and get that win on Friday? I'm eager to play how we can play. That's uh, that's what I am. And I think we're coming to like that real sweet spot at the, in the season where everything is just coming together and it's gelled. And geez, you know what the person left here is thinking and you know what the person right here had for dinner two days ago, you know? So everything is just... It's starting to click like and it's just it's it's gonna be some game on Friday, like. And the semi final was a close affair as well with all Belvedere really tight. You were slagging me before we came on. <laughs> yeah. I said uh, I said all Belvedere might be the team to beat in the women's division, but Railway are in the final and Blackrock, so I was wrong. But it was a really tough semi final you had on Saturday. Yeah, really, really tough, both physically, mentally and just the conditions were oh, you wouldn't put your mother-in-law out and them like they were a cat. But I think it really, it, it showed the work that we're putting in behind the scenes, the kind of rugby we played in the last 60 minutes. Like I thought it was really class and it's just an absolute credit to Alba Alvador. They don't make anything easy, like, you know, so it was just a smashing game. Like, What do you think, from that game that you lost against um, Blackrock College, what do you think you've improved on in the last few weeks that maybe you can use in the game on Friday? Well, personally, I think I've improved on not having a dead leg and being out injured. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think it's it's a funny one. Like um, a lot of games, you kind of hype up in your head and sometimes you can just in your head already play them and kind of expect an outcome and stuff. And um, the Blackrock game was a really, really close game anyways. So I think on Friday, like we're both going to be gearing for it. So I think this game is going to, like, it, it's going to, if you have to watch any game this season, I'd say this is the game you're going to want to watch. But um, I think every, everything, we've all just been constantly working on everything. So I wouldn't say there's a really a standout feature or a standout component of the game. Like, And as you say, people should watch this game and it's great that the game is on, on TG Carr on Friday night. Isn't it great that your family members, your friends are able to tune in if they can't make it? Even just maybe people that don't necessarily follow women's rugby, but they just stumble upon, across it on Friday night and just decide to turn it on. Like, isn't it great that it's available? It's class, but it's, it's something that should always be available, you know? Like, if you look at the women's game, the, the some of the League of Ireland women's games are televised, and then the GAA, some of the women's games are televised. But uh, I, I, I work with uh, a lot of kids, and the kids are like, are you you're on telly this weekend are you gonna be famous and all i was like oh yeah and then my dad has a pub so he said to me he was going to put it on in the pub and now it feels good that there's going to be about 40 elflers in their 60s cheering for a women's rugby team which you'd never usually see the likes of you know know. it's actually i was away i live with my grandparents but i was away that weekend last year and my i came back and my grandfather said to me I watched a great women's rugby game on the TV. And that was something that I was surprised for someone like yeah. me to say. And I, I was like, really, Grandad? And he said, yeah, it was brilliant. It should be on the TV more often. So, you know, it does have that effect. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's the whole, if you go back to the 2020 campaign, if you can't see it, you can't be it, you know. And it's it's class that it's getting televised and it's getting out there and more people are coming to the sport, you know. But I guess the main objective for you on Friday, it isn't about it being on TV as great as great and all as that is. It's all about winning. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's playing how I know we as a team can perform. And, you know, like the girls that you line out with and the girls that you train with, like they, well, like I just, I haven't got enough words for how grateful I am for them as a team and the management we have, you know. And to be honest with you, through all the sports I've played, through all the teams I've played for, there's no other team that I'd want to be stepping out onto a pitch with. Like, they're just, they're a different class. Like, And I suppose this year, with having the final just before Christmas, it's it's that extra kind of incentive, you know? You want to be going into the Christmas break on a bit of a high, and you want to kind of get into the festive spirit, I suppose, <laughs> after the game on Friday night, hopefully. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I think uh, if you are to uh, talk to anybody else about... Uh, me on the team they'd say I'm in the festive spirit 24-7 you know <laughs> yeah yeah but um the All-Ireland League or the All-Ireland Cup sorry is beginning after Christmas um how do you feel about that and would you have preferred to see maybe a, a longer season for the normal AIL or do you welcome the idea of the All-Ireland Cup 
Yeah, I, do you know what? Um, I'm playing rugby five years now, and in my complete five years of rugby, I've never actually had the same season twice. So I think the way it worked out last year, I think it was good. Now, don't get me wrong, it was intense and it was a lot of games. But I also think this season was too short. Like, one game against one team isn't necessarily enough, you know. Um, but the, the, the powers above me are deciding these things. So, you know, but I would have liked to see in a longer season. I think it would have kind of let more teams get into the flow of it and develop and book their games and in turn open their games up in the sport, you know. And I suppose Railway are a team that would be full of uh, interprovincial players and with the interpros coming up after Christmas, are the players kind of, have they got one eye on that or are they fully focused for the job they have to do for Railway on Friday? I think I think everybody's fully focused. It's kind of like if you're going up the stairs, if you step, skip one step, you can slip. So I think you kind of need to focus on what's ahead of you and not what's fair in front of you, you know? And who do you think your big game players are going to be on Friday night? I think everybody's a big game player, if you ask me. But um, I don't know. I think there's been a lot of really, really standout performances of the whole the team as in general, you know. Um, but I think I think we've had a lot of consistent, consistently good performances. So I I can't I couldn't tell you who the standout players are, you know. And is there anybody on that Black Rock team you fear a little bit, or you reckon could give you a tough go in the night? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say fear. I definitely admire a lot of the players. I think, uh, I think a lot of them are athletes and like really committed to the sport and um, really, really talented rugby players. And I just think that's even better because it's, it's class to play against somebody who's really good. You know, like it makes yeah. you want to drive on and you push forward. But um, Black Rock as a whole, as a team, is always really strong and really threatening team. But I think. Uh, I think we'll be well able to give it a go anyways. What has been the standout moment of the season for the team and also for you, I suppose? So two separate kind of questions. Um, do you know what? I, for me personally, I think kind of uh, consistently getting starts and getting game time would be uh, would be my standout. Um, uh, last, last year I was on on the bench for the AIL final I think it was so like and the year before that I don't even think I was included in the squad but it's I just think it's really like I think it's it's showing the kind of progress I've made on a personal level and in an athletic form so that'd be my standout but for the team as a whole I think kind of we're consistently getting better each game and um I know a lot about sport as a mental sport and I think we're kind of getting rid of them mental barriers and just pushing through and really really striving for the performances we can give you know I suppose you said there about more consistent game time for yourself and how pleased are you or how proud of yourself are you that you're doing it at a club that is probably the best in Ireland like you know it's not just any club it's it's the, one of the best in Ireland you know you said you've only been doing this a few years and now you're heading into an AIL final in Energy a Park it's on the television you have a chance of getting a bit of silverware like that's some personal journey I guess yeah um yeah don't get me wrong um i struggled uh with just in life in general uh just mentally for for a while and i kind of put rugby on the back burner but this season kind of towards the start of the summer and this season i kind of kicked my arse into gear essentially and the management setup that we have and the girls in the squad have been with me through through all of my highs and all of my lows and you know what I think I kind of wanted to do it more so for them than anything else you know like I wanted to be the best version of a player I can be for the people beside me and the people within the squad like they push you on for it you know like there's always someone nipping at your heels to get into a position and get into a spot and it just makes you want more and I, I love that competition you know and I'm right in saying that Larissa Muldoon this is her first season isn't it kind of involved in the first, coaching side first season with, with us um she was yeah. involved with last year who did incredibly well they even got promoted as well like so uh first season with us as far as i'm aware what impact has she had on the squad hugely hugely positive like um i played with larissa in my first few years she's coming she played with railway as well but she's bringing a new insight into it and a fresh insight to it and 
she's played the game and she's played at a high level and she's coming from the women's side of sport and it's just it's nice to have someone who's been at the top of the game and knows how to play a game and to get their view on things and insights and kind of every coach coaches differently and that's not that's not a bad thing it's an incredible thing and just to have that new outlook it's top class like and i suppose my last question is what's your prediction for friday uh it if you ask anybody asks me this and i say i don't like to do predictions because i feel like i'm a bit of a jinx so i'd be like i'd say this you know i could say tomorrow oh it's definitely going to last rain it's going to snow <laughs> and you get 20 degrees weather outside so yeah. I hope you don't mind, but I'm not going to do no prediction. Well, actually, on that, the weather conditions, because we don't know what the weather's <laughs> going to be like this weekend. I heard it's there's, supposed to snow. Yeah, there's all types of reports. Um, yeah. Who knows? Maybe even the game might not happen as as according to plan. Hopefully it does, it, though. But You better have some wood around you and you better touch it now. Yeah, don't yeah, be saying, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't put myself through another week. <laughs> yeah, I'll touch the table, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I suppose if it kind of if there is a bit of wind, a bit of rain, or even a bit of snow, and the game does go ahead, will those kind of factors play play a part in the game, or do you think you're well able to deal with anything that kind of comes? Yeah, I I think growing up and being from Ireland, I think any kind of rain and weather makes you perform better almost, you know, because that's <laughs> what you're used to. Yeah. Um, but I think I think our game management skills are well like up there enough to be able to manage the game and whatever kind of weather conditions that's that comes to us you know i just hope so i don't pre- have to wear a ski suit that's all i hope <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're hoping that uh you get the win on friday and i suppose it's a massive moment for the team but also for yourself and kind of what would be your last kind of message before the game um before the game to in regards to teammates well, just, or people or myself <laughs> Yeah, just to yourself and the team and kind of like, what's the takeaway for you going into the uh, game? The takeaway to, for me, um, I'd, I'd struggle a lot with anxiety and stuff before a game. I think the kind of mindset I'd be playing is it's just another game, just with lights, you know? Like, if you let a, a title of a game take over, then it's going to just mess up with your head and all. At the end of the day, you're there to do a job, so get out there, do your job and that's that's all you can ask for you know yeah what will be will be i suppose yeah yeah it was great to talk to you tonight anyway and best of luck on friday it was lovely kieran thanks again very much for having me no worries yeah i took mute off i'd be doing really really well great conversation there um nice girl but also uh fine athlete and yeah not quite sure where she's going to be on the start 15 herself for, for uh, Friday night, but will be, if called upon, will make a huge impact in that game, I'd imagine, if she scored some nice tries earlier this year. Yeah, just even listen to her own personal journey this season, you know, going from not getting in the squad a couple of years ago for the finals, being on the bench uh, last season, and then hoping to start this season, you know, and you know, talking about the anxiety she has before games and all that, it's it's very relatable, I think, to anybody, not just not just athletes. And I think it's really important to speak about those things. So I, it's very interesting, just her own personal journey. But also, it would be great for her and all the team if they could get the result on uh, Friday. Absolutely, of course. Uh, that's not the only game this weekend. We have also on Saturday evening. We have five p.m. Uh, four p.m. So uh, kickoff. It's been a brought forward an hour so originally was scheduled to be five it's now it looks to be at four o'clock on Saturday make confirm that first girl Wicklow yeah, yeah. yeah I think it is four o'clock now it was meant to be on at five I, I don't actually know why it's been moved forward to four o'clock but uh yeah as far as I'm aware it's four o'clock yeah just keep an eye on the club social media accounts just to make sure uh, before you travel to that particular one but if you get there early you can always enjoy a nice uh, toasty drink in uh in Ashton Lane when you get there and be uh uh, a good game, I'd imagine, and uh, both yeah, sides. The bar will definitely be open. <laughs> of course it will. It's an All-Ireland yeah, final. They'll, okay. have, they'll have a big crowd in. It'll be, a, I suppose, it, it's a big day for everybody involved, obviously. Uh, Galwegians, of course, were in this final last year, but for, for Wicklow, uh, given the way, say, 21-22 season started for them, it's a huge achievement to even got to this level, never mind be the, the top seeds, the home side, 
it's it's huge for women's rugby in that club and in the county in general. No, it's massive. Like really, I say it every week, so I don't really want to go on too much. But it's it is really important for them and for them as a group. I think to be where they are, it's a massive testament to the coaches, to everyone involved in the club, to the to the girls that have you know after those first three results last season, like there must have been thoughts of like, why are we doing this? Or, you know, it's, it was tough for them. And just to go on this journey that they're on, you know, where they nearly qualified for the top four. Um, Like, obviously Saturday night is all about winning for them, but even if they didn't win, they're already ahead. They're already ahead in their plan, probably than what they thought they'd be at this point. Um, I think, everything is so positive coming out of the club at the minute. Like I know that they have two, I think they're in two Leinster finals uh, underage next week. I think under 14s and under 18s, I think it is Um, like they have the best underage setup for girls in Leinster without a, without a doubt. So the talent is going to keep coming through and it's, it's brilliant to see, but it's, it's really uplifting for the whole club. Like, because we glow, Obviously, their men are in Leinster League 1B, and with the women being in the AIL now, it, it does give a club like Wicklow a little bit more coverage, and there's a little bit more eyes to the club. It's just a local club, you know. It's it's a little town club, and to be like even, you know, in these type of games, it's, it's so important to them. It means everything. And for some of those girls, like, they started playing rugby at the club when they were seven years old, eight years old, and to be at this point now, you know, it must feel amazing. Absolutely. The best luck to both teams, of course, in that final on um, Saturday evening. 4pm kickoff uh, in National Lane. Get down to it if you can. I'm not sure about streaming situations, but I'm sure if you keep an eye on both teams' social medias, you'll find out if there are uh, plans in place to stream that game over the weekend. Now, casting our attention towards the men's game, Division 1A, of course, uh, some big games over the last week. Uh we might just uh, start with results there. Actually, jumped the gun a little bit on myself. Uh, Corcon 22, Clontarf 29, uh, Gary Owen well beaten by Ballon Hinch 28-10, Terrier College 23, Trinity 21, but UCL lands down one point separated from 27-26, and then Young Munster, uh, a solid local derby victory there, 32 points to three over Shannon. Um, some big games there over last weekend. Of course, Terrenure maintained their 100% win rate at the top. Uh, but at the bottom, Gary Owen, 10 points separate them and the second last team, Shannon. How big would this weekend's results in terms of, of Gary Owen's chances of surviving in Division 1A? Yeah, well, I, I'm not I'm not gonna, trying to disrespect them here, but they're not going to get a result against Clontarf. It's just, it's just, I might have to eat my head next week, but to be honest, it's just not going to happen. Like, it's, it's, I can't see it happening, like. To be honest, and it's tough to say that, but I think like relegation is the only way for them at the minute. Like, unless they make, unless they make a load of signings over Christmas and Santa arrives and he gets them, <laughs> gives them a whole load of new lads. I it's going down is the only way for them. I can see at the minute. Yeah, it's Kieran the Grinch Noble here on the podcast this week uh, for the the time of year that's in it. But it, it does look like it's an uphill challenge for them to stay in the division. You're saying not possible. It's not going to happen. Not not possible, but just very very unlikely. Like unless, like I can't see from from the results. Like you can kind of see like with Shannon. I obviously don't get to see them every week, but from looking at the video and lo- looking at the results, you know you can kind of see that improvements are being made all the time. Maybe not with that young monster game. I think they'll be really disappointed with that result. But in general, like over the weeks, you could see that little improvements are being made, that they're on the right track in a lot of ways. But for Gary Owen, it hasn't been like that. You know, they've been pretty much, I think, bar one game maybe where they could have won. I think it was maybe against Young Munster earlier on. They only lost by a couple of points. But I think, you know, going down is probably, you know, where they're heading. And it's like that happened to UCC last year as well. They kind of never got out of the blocks in 1A and they ended up going down. So that kind of... That's kind of the trend sometimes that if you come to the halfway point and you're in tenth, a lot of the times in a division so hard like 1A, it is hard to kind of turn the tide. 
Yeah, Turner, we talked about them in top of the table, eight wins from eight, but they really left it late this weekend. It took a, a late penalty from Kaylon Dooley to, to kind of put them two points to the good against Trinity. Um, is that a sign maybe that they're, they are beatable, that there is an opportunity there for some of the other teams to really take them on over the next few weeks? Yeah, well, it's it's definitely a positive for other teams that they're not. That is the closest any team has got to beating them, by the way. Uh, what Trinity did at the weekend, which shouldn't go on. Now. I actually feel really bad for Trinity, to be honest, because they almost beat Clontarf. They were almost the first team to beat Clontarf in 19 games. Clontarf scored at the very end of the game to win, to steal the win. Young Munster did the exact same to them the week after in Trinity. And now Caelan Dooley's penalty won Terran Yorda game pretty much at the end as well. So that's like three games in a row where it's just the look of the bounce really just hasn't went Trinity's way. Um, and it's those fine margins, you know. But uh, for Terran I do think they've been the best team in the league by a country mile, to be honest. But I do think the likes of Trinity, Clontarf, Maybe even Young Munster this weekend, which is a massive game with the way Young Munster are playing. Who knows? Maybe they can be the first team to beat Terran York. Everybody slips up, I think. I don't think it's happened very often where a team in 1A has won every game in a season. So there is probably a slip up in there somewhere. But I think it would only be one or if you're lucky, maybe two. But Terran York like really, really good. You'd have to say they're favourites at the moment with the way they're playing. But the likes of Trinity and Clontarf are probably the closest teams to kind of providing that upset or, you know, beating them. In terms of the fixtures this weekend, which of them stand out to you as kind of must-watch games? Are we looking at top of the table, like you mentioned, Terny or Young Munster, or are we looking at one maybe where there's a little bit of positional decision up for play, like Lansdowne Shannon at the bottom of the table, a win would probably give either one of them a really good kind of run into the, the second half of the season? Yeah, I think there's there's probably three games that I have my eye on, like in terms of, just for different reasons. Like you mentioned Terran Your Young Munster, that is a really big game. In terms of just I think Young Munster with the run they're on, uh being the first team to beat Clontarf in ages, beating Trinity in College Park uh at the end of the game, then hammering Shannon last week. I think they're just on a real upward trajectory and it would be really cool if they you know to finish their year with four massive wins like that and to be the first team to beat Terran Yor would be it would be some way to finish your year. For Terran Yor, they're just gonna do what they usually do and hope to get a get a win. But uh then there's you've got Trinity Corkon this weekend. Very important game. I think Trinity are third or Corkon. It's between Trinity and Corkon anyway for third and fourth. Uh a win for either team would kind of put the, cement them in that top three. And then if they lose, they're kind of leaving the door open for Young Munster in fifth to kind of close the gap. So it's a really important game for both teams. And then, as you said, Shannon Lansdowne, I think, is a massive game in terms of kind of distancing yourself from that kind of relegation kind of battle. Uh, Lansdowne really, like, for the amount of players they have and the amount of lads they have there, it just really hasn't happened for them this season. Um so, like, they need to win against Shannon, but I think Shannon will give them a good go. Like, I actually thought, to be honest, that Lansdowne would breeze through UCD. I actually, for some reason, I just thought Lansdowne were going to get the win handy enough. And when I saw the result when I got into my car on Saturday, I was actually really surprised that Lansdowne kind of let UCD beat them. So, I, I don't know what's going on with Lansdowne. But, yeah, I think that is a really important game for both teams. Okay, let's move, move our attention. Uh, one division down to 1B at the moment. Of course, Buccaneers uh, ruling the roost in this division. They had a, a another comfortable set of uh, results over the weekend. Uh, just quickly looking down through the, the results here in front of me. Uh, Buccaneers, a big win over Bambridge, 44-13, uh, while Old Wesley were beaten 15-10 by St. Mary's College. City of Armagh overcame Nace, 38-28, Highfield 29, UCC 10, and it has been a tough year for them in this division after dropping down from the top division, as you mentioned. And Old Belvo, we talked about it earlier on, it was the game you were at, 29-13 against Malone. Um, that leaves Malone, Bambridge, Nace in a bit of bother at the bottom of the table, but at the top, Buccaneers, just they seem to be untouchable at the moment. The seven wins on the bounce. Uh, they go into this weekend's fixtures uh, buzzing with confidence. Um they play Nace, struggling at the bottom of the table. You'd expect them to continue their winning ways. 
Can you see any difference? Well, you see, you talk about the bottom of the table. I'm not surprised Malone are there. I'm not really surprised Bambridge are there because I think Malone finished eighth last season and Bambridge finished ninth. So in a regular season, Bambridge would have went down probably. Um, so I wasn't really surprised them two were there. But nice beaten finalists last year, of course. They're beaten by Shannon in the 1B final. I think Nice have some really, really good players. I think Andrew Osborne is top try scorer for the for the league at the minute. I think he's got seven or maybe eight. He's so seven. Like, yeah. yeah, so they have so they have really good players like um and I wouldn't be surprised if they produce some sort of result on, on Saturday, to be honest, because they do have the team to do it. I think maybe things just haven't really really went to plan, but I was saying in my preview earlier actually when I was doing it that Nice last season they didn't perform very well in the first half of the season and they really kicked into gear the second half. So from their point of view, that's what they're that's what they want to do again. But a big win against Buccaneers would be a great way to kind of give you that boost in confidence. Like a team that looked really, really good, really, really assured. Eddie O'Sullivan, we were talking about him before the show. Like he is I think he's a bit underrated to be honest. Um, even with his time with Ireland, like he's a, he's a fantastic. He was a fantastic coach for Ireland. I think, um, he's doing a really good job with Buccaneers. Like they were a two A club, uh, and to be honest, in that two A season last season, everyone was talking about Queens and Queens were going to go up, and Bucks managed to kind of sneak up. So you're kind of wondering coming into the season, would they kind of struggle in one B? Would they be kind of in a relegation battle? But I, I'm, I think it's pretty much safe to say they won't be getting relegated anyway. Whatever else happens, who knows? But I, I think they're, <laughs> they're going to be all right in that, in that sense. But I think what they're doing is brilliant. City of Armagh too, not a lot of people talk about them, but they are actually dark horses, you know, uh, sitting in second, uh, just going about their business, really. They're going about their business nice and quietly. Um, then you've got St. Mary's obviously there as well, Sean Cronin. The head coach there, some really there's some really uh, talented head coaches or kind of popular head coaches in uh in this division. You've got Johnny Murphy and Nace, and then you've got Sean Crown and Eddie O'Sullivan. So we're, the league's kind of lucky in that sense. And then you've kind of got that bunch UCC who, let's not forget, after the first four games were kind of, you know, they were leading from the front, four from four. Everyone was kind of wondering would they go straight back up to one A, and now four games after that. They're in seven, so that just shows how the tables can turn. You've got Belvo and Wesley in sixth and fifth have probably been a bit inconsistent, especially old Wesley by their standards this season, but they're still very much in the mix. That you know, the way the teams pile up in one B, one or two results can really change everything. Uh, it's a really competitive division, but I think Buccaneers and City of Armagh will be pretty happy with what they're doing at the minute. Absolutely. Division 2A, of course. Sorry, I'm jumping around here. I'm hitting the wrong buttons. Uh, Division 2A, of course, uh, there's the league table. Blackrock College uh, clear at the top. Seven wins. Barnhall beat Dolphin 34-19. Blackrock College beaten. Uh, Nina Ormond 17-14. Navin 15. I think that actually might be 15-10 against UL Bohemians. Old Crescent 32. Balamina 14. While Queen's University 38-31 against Cashel. Um, but Blackrock College again recently promoted from Division One to uh, B. Uh, they came up last season. Queens were at the business end of the table last year, uh, but it's it's kind of an impressive performance from them this season. They've really kind of outperformed maybe everyone's expectations, maybe even their own slightly. Yeah, well, I suppose they'll be delighted with where they are because I don't know what their goals were at the start of the season, but it was probably you know to make sure where in the mix or, you know, we're in a good, healthy position and you couldn't be any healthier than first in the table. Uh, it's all about the second half of the season now for them. Obviously, they have to take care of the business at the weekend. But, you know, going into the second half of the season, they have to kind of maintain that form, uh, get some big wins. Queens, will they be a little bit disappointed that they've dropped off a little bit or, or, and are in second? Or are they kind of, you know, I know last year they kind of dominated. They were in first the whole time. And then it kind of got to the point where they got to the final. They should have went up, similar to Greystones. And then just the way it fell because of COVID, you know, they didn't get that chance. So maybe they're, I don't know, tapering their performance a little bit. You know, maybe they're, maybe they're trying not to peak too much early on and 
tried to get it right near the end of the season. But uh, yeah, it's a really interesting division. I think UL Bows just haven't really... We were talking about their women's team earlier on, but their men's team just haven't really got fire in this season. Uh, they'll be disappointed with that because only a few seasons back, I think they were in they were in one B, if I'm correct. So you know, it's it's mad to think that they could be heading to two B, um, but I think that just shows the how competitive the AIL is and its nature. Yeah, absolutely. That was 15 now, actually. I just double-checked the score. Uh, for some reason, I thought that I was questioning our own accuracy here on finalwhistle.ie. So, this weekend's fixtures, some interesting ch- uh, clashes there. Uh, we see Queens, they host Balamina. Um, you'd expect Queens to come through that. Buccaneers, top of the table at the moment. They, um, I'm not sure who they play this weekend. I think uh, you mean Black Rock. I do. Sorry, apologies. Yeah. Blackrock. I'm looking looking for the wrong team name. They play Cashel, so it's first against third. Uh, it's a chance for them to put some daylight between the two of them. Um, Cashel win, it's all back into the mixing pot again. It, it's it's a big, big game going into the Christmas. And, of course, they have the return leg in five weeks' time as well. Yeah, no, that's the really important thing to mention about the way the league goes as well. Because it's kind of when the turnaround, you played the team you last played and then the second last team so it's kind of this block is really important because it's all about getting a bit of form and getting a bit of consistency and a bit of confidence uh so it's a really important game for both teams uh blackrock if they win they're pretty healthy going into christmas they they'll be in festive spirits anyway if they get the victory um Cashel, if they win they put themselves right in the mix and they also leave the door slightly open for queens maybe to go top uh heading into the Heading into the new year, so it's uh it's very interesting, yeah. Yeah, Division Two B. Then of course Greystones, big win away to Malahide, thirty-five seven. They won the Corinthians, another massive result for them, fifty-four fourteen, a forty-point winning margin for Corinthians in Corinthian Park on Saturday afternoon. Wanderers Galwegians a thirty-one point draw, plenty of tries all over the place. Rainy old boys, they emerged by a single point against Ellis Corthy, while Sligo had tried to spare against Dungannon away. But uh, some pretty big scores, but some pretty big statement results there. Galway Corinthians against Belfast Harlequins, both teams in the hunt. Um, Galway have really put their hand up to be considered here for a promotion potential there, potentially. Yeah, for sure. I think that was the result in Tuby that really, really surprised me because... Queen- uh, Belfast Harlequins were in the playoffs last year. Corinthians were also in the playoffs. I think they both lost in the semi-final. So you'd expect that game to be way more competitive in terms of the scoreline. And to see how how Corinthians beat them, it was kind of a shock, to be honest. And it was a real statement of intent from them. If I'm right, did Galwegians win this? Or they drew? So, drew I think, yeah. Yeah, so I think Galwegians, they struggled at the start of the season. But I actually did say this last week about the Greystones result. They only lost by two points, I think, last week. And I did say that that was a sign that maybe things are getting better. And even to get the draw, you know, it is a slight improvement. So maybe they could have a big second half to the season. Who knows? Uh, and it's Gorky. They just haven't really got firing. And in 2B, you know, they're struggling a little bit. Uh, Wanderers, Greystones, massive game this weekend, I think. Wanderers, were, Wanderers beat Greystones in the preseason in the Leinster uh Leinster League semi-final thing that they do. Uh, Wanderers actually beat them quite convincingly, if I remember correctly. So it'll be interesting to see if Wanderers can be, be the first team to beat them this season. But massive credit to Greystones. They've been excellent so far this season. Only three teams in the AIL are unbeaten. You've got Terranior, you've got Greystones, and then Instonians, who are the only team to get all the points available to them. So, you know, those three teams deserve maximum credit. Uh, 2B is really really interesting I think it is a bit like 1B in that sense it kind of bunches up in the middle a little bit uh, I think it could be a really a really interesting kind of league come February March time yeah of course we haven't mentioned Sligo beating Dungannon at all Dungannon had been running really really hot and Sligo went down there fell behind but came back to win by 7 points uh, at the death Um and never really looked in danger of losing it from about 15, 20 minutes into the game. They got two quick tries and, and were kind of in, in a fairly strong position. But what they've actually done, as you said, is they've closed up that gap from, say, third right back to seventh or eighth. But there's only really a game, a game and a half uh, between them. And we could see huge change there over the next, um, well, I suppose, 10 rounds of games. But 
all of those teams have to fancy their chances from Dungannon right down to Malahide potentially, uh, definitely down as far as Wanderers, um, to get into that shake-up and, and get one of those four spots. Can you see the likes of Rainey, uh, Sligo, Wanderers, Malahide getting into those top four spots? It really depends on how the second half of the season goes because I know I know Greystones, just going back to Greystones, they were in a similar position to what they are to what they are now. I think they were unbeaten in the first half of the season. And I know they lost a couple of games in the second half, so they still finished top, but the form wasn't quite the same. And I think that can happen. Rainy Allboys obviously came down from two A. So they'll be hoping for a bigger a bigger second half of the season and a better one. Uh Wanders were very good in the second half of the season last time out. They I think they just finished fifth. They just I think they missed out by maybe two points getting into the playoffs. Um they'll be hoping to do the same again this year. It really it's really a form thing in these divisions, like in one B and two B especially. Like if you can get a run of maybe three games where you win or you win four out of five, it's it'll really help you and it will really climb you up the table. Absolutely. Of course, uh, Hubert Gilvary uh, featured for the Irish development side of the Sevens in Dubai last week. He's back with Sligo this weekend. Uh, they play, take on Corinthians. It'll be a real test to see uh, where those two Westerners are this season and uh, whether they're playing out for, for that title of the best of the rest after Buccaneers in Connacht over the next couple of months uh, in that very interesting division to be. We didn't quite flash the, the league table up there at the moment, but that's what it looks like at the moment, as we said. Uh, four points, five, six points separate third from eighth. Uh, Galwegians play Enniscorti this weekend, and they could, in theory, if they were to beat them twice over the next two rounds of games, they could put Enniscorti, um, well, 13, 14, 15 points uh, behind uh, at the bottom of the table, and, and it would look like curtains for, for Enniscorti at that stage, Kieran. Yeah, and also it's it's a great one for Galwegians to have, really, because I was just talking about that their form seems to be a little bit on the up and to have two games in a row against Dennis Gorty, a team that are probably lacking a bit of confidence. If Galwegians can get the two wins, it puts, you know, it'll get them points on the board and who knows, maybe they'll get a place up, they'll climb a place higher in the table. So I think, you know, it's a really important two games for them. But in the same respect, it's a massive two games for Dennis Gorty to try and fight for their kind of survival so earlier on in, in 2B. So it's a massive game for both clubs. Yeah, two big wins could see them put all the pressure back on Galwegians as well, of course. Yeah. Uh, in Division 2C, Estonians, what can we say? We've talked about them every week. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about them today because we do talk about them every week. Uh, yeah. Eight wins from eight, eight bonus points. Perfect game, perfect season so far. Uh, can they get to the halfway point and uh, continue that? Can they get the bonus point at the weekend? Oh, there's nothing to say that they can't, to be honest. Or there's no indication that they're slowing down. They're like a steam train at the minute and they're just flying ahead um with the way they're going actually you can kind of almost a bit like a bit like Terran Yori they're favorites for 2C anyway and you can kind of say like you expect them to go up at this rate to be honest yeah uh, like you'd be surprised if they didn't did a big 47-13 win uh, against Middleton last week Clamel had two points to spare 30-28 against Bruff well, Tullamore uh, beat Bangor 23-15. Ballina, one try to spare. Um, a big win for them because they have been struggling so far this year, but they've managed to pull it back to two points at the bottom of the table with a 24-17 win over Oma Academicals and the final round of the game, of the of the final game of the round, should I say. Sunday as well, 24, Scaries 21. Um, so it's interesting. The two bottom sides both winning at the weekend. Uh, has kind of brought them back into contention. Oma now looking over their shoulder. Of course, they have Estonians at the weekend, another defeat, uh, and they could see themselves dropping a little bit closer to that relegation situation out of the league. Yeah, for sure. Um, a massive Ulster derby there in Estonians and Oma. Uh, yeah, Oma won't want, to, won't want to slip. Actually, Oma, my mother's from Oma, so I have a bit of a... I have a bit of graw for Oma, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, for them, like, it would be... If they... That loss against Balna probably surprised them a little bit, to be honest. And um, Balna were a team that were really struggling. And for them to get the win, it kind of does kind of put the Frighteners on Oma a little bit that they need to get their act together. Um, in terms of the top of the table, you've got Tullamore as well, doing really well, I think. 
Um, Scary's still there, thereabouts. There's kind of a lot of teams in that mix for the top four, and then the bottom table, you've got a, you've got a tight competition as well. I think, yeah, it's a really interesting division, and again, a lot can happen in the second half of the season. Who knows? You know who who will find form like. Is it 18 banger on and Omar on 14? So in the same respect, Omar could win a game and if other results go their way, they could be back in the mid-table and not really in that bottom-table discussion. But it's really just the difference of one result or two results, really. Does that battle now result of the weekend uh, change your mind on maybe who's going to be in the bottom spot come the end of the season? You can't really judge it on one game. Like if they If they can back it up, next week and then maybe a few games in the new year yeah then maybe you know maybe they'll survive but you can't really you can't really judge on one game i suppose you have to it's all about getting two wins behind your three wins or four out of five and that's really that's really all it takes in these divisions because they're so competitive that even if you can win four out of five games or even three out of four that's a 75 percent win ratio which is pretty good for the ail like considering it's it's so competitive. So that's kind of the way you have to look at it. Absolutely. Well, listen, that's it for the AIL coverage for the week. Of course, attention does turn slightly on finalwhistle.ie rugby uh, to the schools game over the next few months, right up until mid-March. We're going to be covering all of the school senior cups in each of the four provinces, with a particular focus on Connacht uh, through a partnership we've organised with Connacht Rugby. We're going to be looking at their draw tomorrow night on the show next week, but we'll also be looking at the draws in the other provinces as well. I know the Leinster draw is next week, so we'll be keeping you abreast of everything that's going on in the schools game over the next three and a half-ish months or so. Uh, Kieran, um, pleasure as always to have you this week. Um, where are you Where are you for the weekend? I'm in Trinity. I'm doing the Trinity Court Con uh, commentary on their live stream, so it should be a good game. Well, listen, here, here's hoping it's an enjoyable one. If Trinity's games in recent weeks are starting to go by, it's definitely going to be tight. I'm hoping to get down to the Sligo game myself on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a, an interesting game, local derby against Galway, uh, but some uh, some really big opportunity there for both sides to put a stake in for a, a playoff spot over the next few weeks. Uh, to everyone involved in the women's game at the weekend, best look at the semi-final, or the finals of both the league and the conference it's the end of the AIL women's season, but there are plenty of games to be played in the Cup uh, in uh, whatever format it's going to be. It's probably going to be a similar type of... Yeah, I think it's pretty much the same, yeah. Yeah, so it's a kind of a, a replay of, of this year's uh, league competition, effectively. Uh, we'll be back with you again next week. Talk to you then.